This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we will be speaking with Katarina Pesora, a structural engineer at Pell Frischman, about the pivotal role that soft skills play in achieving success in complex engineering projects. I'm your host, Rachel Holland. Now let's jump into the conversation of the week with Katarina. Before we go on here, a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Simpson Strong Tie. Simpson Strong Tie is a building industry pioneer dedicated to helping people design and build safer, stronger homes, structures, and communities. Simpson Strong Tie is making a positive difference for their customers through expert engineering, world-class test laboratories, and unrivaled technical support. We invite you to consider working alongside the many talented, passionate, and humble people who are all contributing to our shared mission in an environment that supports a healthy work-life balance. It's a place where you can connect, create, and build a career. Visit strongtie.com forward slash careers to learn about our culture and why Simpson Strongtie employees are our most loyal customers. Hi, Katarina. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do on a daily basis? Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm a structural engineer. I graduated from the University of uh, Derby that was in collaboration with a college uh, back in Athens and Greece in 2016. And then I did my master in the University of uh, Manchester in structural engineering while my bachelor was in uh, civil engineering. Then I worked for one and a half year in Greece, and then I moved over to London in the UK, where I work for four years now. I work in Pelfrisman, a company that has many offices around the UK. I work on building structures, but the company does a lot of other stuff, civils, drainage, geotech, etc. On my daily basis, I work uh, usually on one or two projects, residential or commercial. Most of my experience is on that uh, category. And I have worked also with new and refurbishment projects uh, these uh, four years. You went to school in Greece, then in England, then you moved back to Greece to work and then back to England to work? Exactly. For one and a half year, I was back. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about today is a little bit about soft skills. So I'm curious how communication, leadership, all the interpersonal skills, how do you feel that those contribute to success in our field? In general, the soft skills is something that I believe every engineer should have. And actually in the chartership, I'm not sure uh, how it's in America, but uh, in the UK, we have the Institute of Civil Engineers. So it's the ICE. It has seven attributes. Three of the attributes are in soft skills, 
management and leadership, interpersonal skills and communication, and the professional commitment, which we can talk about it in a bit. So it's really a key point of a structure engineer, soft skills. I believe the communication is the key to our profession, even though you can be as good as technical, but if you don't communicate it well, it doesn't really make you a very maybe successful professional. Maybe you don't come across really well or you cannot pass your ideas to others. With regards to leadership, we, in daily basis, we need to coach people, mentor them, and maybe younger engineers will come to the company and you would have to communicate your goals and your visions and teach them how to do some stuff. And it doesn't have to be with a leadership position, like I'm not in a leadership position. With regard to communication, you need to be good in the writing, such as emails and reports, and to communicate your thoughts in the right written way. But also like your facial expression, your presentation skills, the cues you are giving when you are talking. And when it comes to the interpersonal skills, I believe it's more about being friendly, be having a positive attitude, being diplomatic when disagreeing. When you accept criticism, you have to do it with a mature way. Or when you're giving criticism in a more supportive way. This is something that helps a lot in the everyday tasks you have to do. Especially in like a technical profession, you could have so much knowledge inside of your head. And if you don't have the ability to communicate that out, nobody will know what you know. Exactly. And the, it's important to communicate well in order to be influential communicate your thoughts. It's like the bridge between you and the client or the design team. So then for you personally, which of all of those soft skills do you find are most valuable in your role? Because we work in teams, I would say teamwork is maybe the most important thing. Um, to be able to work with different disciplines such as uh, architects, MEP, the mechanical engineers, also to have an image, like the whole picture. When you're in a diverse group of architects or the design team, you need to take a perspective of what they're thinking and their design and understand also their needs and their goal. Then it would be the soft motivation, meeting deadlines, managing your time good between projects, especially when you're working to multiple projects. Take responsibility as well when it has to. And also, I would say, be flexible and adaptive in terms of when work under pressure on the deadlines, which is something that we do a lot of the time. But again, working in a project will have a lot of changes in our field. So we need to be flexible and adapt to the changes and be able to find the solutions we can. For structural engineering projects, effective communication is really important within a team, right? So how do you ensure clear and effective communication with your team members? And then obviously the extension of that, the clients and the stakeholders on the project. Simplicity is the key. You need to communicate essential information, Some depending who you talk to. So you need to know your audience. If you talk to the client, maybe you would skip some technical parts. Uh, but when you talk to your team, obviously you can go into more detail. But at the end of the day, you need to know what the other person needs to have 
for example, the needs of the other person, and then you communicate, make sure that they know that their outcome and they know how they will affect them. So it doesn't matter if you say the most technical part, all they care about is how they will affect them. So I would say in simple words, uh, communicate effectively what you need to say. I was just listening to John Maxwell. I don't know if you know him, but he has a, a book, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. I was just listening to something online with him and he was saying very similarly, like know your audience and then, you know, take it to that level. So if you can keep it simple, you know, and sometimes you have to go up a little bit, like depending on the audience. One of the attributes, again, <laughs> on the communication is that you need to communicate effectively in with technical and non-technical technical members. So you need to, this is a skill that, because in university, you really focus on the technical stuff and you forget how to speak to non-technical people. And it's something also you can find with your friends. It's a very good practice when you talk with your friends about your work. And when you see that you're losing them, it means that you went into a lot of detail that maybe it shouldn't have to be so detailed. <laughs> In practice, you perfect it. Again, like a huge part of our profession is problem solving, right? So can you share an example with our audience about how soft skills help you to tackle, you know, more complex engineering challenges? This happens all the day, all the time. <laughs> Everything that comes through, it's a problem that needs to be solved. As an example, we had some vertical penetrations into an RC beam. They had some existing openings on the archive drawings that we thought, and that meant that the reinforcement would be also had a gap so we can pass our openings in the same locations. So in reality, when we stripped out the building, this didn't happen. The openings weren't there or they were smaller or they were in the wrong place. Nothing in comparison to what happened to the archive drawings. We had to have a survey of the rebar that showed that the reinforcement didn't have any uh, distance between it so we can pass the openings. It was just a normal beam. And that meant that those openings would have to either to strengthen the, the beam or moved. But because those openings were really important for the risers of the building, we couldn't move them as a first option. We had to, and also we did have to have them in that location. What happened was we came up with a solution of uh, strengthening the beam with a steel plate on the underside of the build, beam. That when the cost consultant came, he said it's a very expensive solution. We had a team uh, meeting with a client, with a design team, and we ended up moving some of the openings into the slab, meaning that the architects had to compromise and lose some of their lobby space. But this is just an example of how you need to find a way to move forward, make informed decisions. For example, the client was aware that either have to pay more to have the space that he wanted or would have to compromise on the space that he wanted and gain some money out of the strengthening. But at the end of the day, the communication is what helped him make an informed decision. He knew all the parameters and we communicated effectively all the structural implications that this will have, every option. So it's critical thinking 
find a way to move forward, compromise. This is key. There is no perfect solution. Any of our listeners that have worked on existing buildings can relate to that story, right? It's There's always just things that you discover during the process that aren't what you planned. A lot of slide discoveries. That's a perfect um, kind of segue into this other question I was going to ask. When you have these unexpected project changes or even just demanding deadlines, things like that, how do you stay motivated and how do you stay adaptable in those scenarios? You need to communicate with the client and set the expectations with the client. Make sure that you have realistic deadlines because sometimes this happens. There's a lot of pressure in the program, but the program from the beginning doesn't seem possible. Ensure you have a clear goal. Prioritize your priorities again and again all the time. So your task, you need to prioritize them all the time. So if something comes up, you need to say, okay, this item can wait, but this is more important and has to go now. But it's uh, very important to have same priorities with the client and you communicate those priorities. Usually it's good to ask also for a priority list from the client. And then seek support and collaboration from your team. Maybe somebody can help. Somebody is more light. They can provide some uh, assistance and make them uh, break down tasks, divide the, the tasks into smaller tasks so you can manage them and have a list. I love lists. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's a common theme with uh, people that we have on this show. Just so you know, I think it might be an engineering thing. I'm not sure. I, however, I do love them. And yeah, I do have uh, all my tasks break down so I can keep track. But yeah, I would say definitely the team thing helps collaboration. <laughs> when you have a conflict or a disagreement with your team or with a client, are there any like strategies that you use to navigate those or based on your experience, like how do you best handle those? I would say in the beginning, what I do, I try to build a relationship before the conflict. When things are good, we try to have a really good relationship with the client, with the design team. Everything is great, very friendly, positive environment. And we don't make a big deal about small problems. So when the bigger problem comes, we have a really nice relationship and we can really go through that easier. But when the conflict comes, you need to stay calm, keep calm. No need to be aggressive. Whatever happens, you know, don't take it personally and emotionally. Don't get uh, emotional. Maintain respect and try to make the other person to understand that you have heard them. You saw their point of view. And now what you're going to do is try to find a solution that works for everyone at some level. Maybe somebody who have to compromise, but usually all of us compromise. And we find a common ground and helpful solutions to all parties involved and the client and us. That's a huge part of it is making sure that the other person knows that you hear them, you see where they're coming from, you're taking everything that they're saying into consideration. I think that's a big thing. People just want to be heard, right? Exactly. And you need to communicate that you try to be helpful and you're not trying to create problems. So this is actually really appreciated by the others. When you try to find actually solutions that are helpful, they appreciate that. Okay, so as a structural engineer, how do you balance the highly technical kind of side of our work 
with the soft skills that are required to effectively communicate. And then like we've been talking about, you know, collaborate with these diverse stakeholders in these projects. As I said, simplicity is a key. You need to understand what your audience care about and then how this will impact them. So in simple words, stay focused and explain the reason behind your design, if it works or not, but without going into maybe some details of your design, maybe they don't care about it. They care about the outcome. So you need to know what they care about. And this is how you can say to them. Sometimes you need to tell them exactly the reason why it doesn't work. For example, we cannot use I-beam because of torsion. You can be more specific if usually it's an engineer or somebody of the design team. But when it's the client, you don't really want to go into so much detail. Maybe they won't know. Sometimes they, they do and they want to know more. So some clients are more into this knowledge. They've done it many times before and they want to hear the reason. But I would say keep it simple. And then as the conversation goes, you can see how technically you can go. But usually provide the essential information of your design. Yeah, again, that's keeping that balance and knowing your audience, right? And as they ask more technical questions, you can always answer them, but you don't need to start out with that level of detail. Exactly. And maybe confuse people from the beginning. It's keep it the more <laughs> natural. <laughs> Katerina, my final question for you is what advice or tips do you have for aspiring structural engineers in order for them to develop and enhance their soft skills throughout their careers? In general, the soft skills are in an ongoing development progress. You have to communicate that, um, embracing the uh, growth mindset. So find a way to develop your professional development, like to work on that during your career. A very good way to break the ice, I would say going to networking events, uh, meeting other parties, attend industry events in general. That helps a lot with the collaboration skills, gain different perspectives in the whole project progress. And then maybe seek feedback from your mentor. That's also very good. Can tell you maybe something that you never notice about yourself. That's a very good one. Yeah, I think it's perfect. We're always, um, you know, taking CEUs to constantly stay current with our technical knowledge. And we can't forget that the soft skills is a, it's an ongoing developmental process too. We should always be seeking to like get better in those areas as well. Exactly. And it's the key to collaborate, I, I think. It's in our job all the time with people. And even our team may be combined from, I don't know, five or six people. So this is a profession. Well, thank you so much, Katerina, for um, being a guest on our show today. We've really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. To leave them, please visit structuralengineeringchannel.com. There you will find the summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, which is episode number 105. 
as well as any links to any resources or websites that we mentioned during the episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.